Hello and welcome back. It's been another week in high school education. Um, it's been good, I guess. I mean, we had had some absences, especially my first hour. It's weird, my first hour. Um, and I'm supposed to believe it's all maybe health quarantining related. I think it's just sleepiness. Actually, I had a student mention that. It was kind of uh, sleepy looking. It's like my favorite class. Didn't want to say, like, participate. But then they're like, um, oh, no, they said my class stressed them out. I was like, wait, really? You know, based on how it's structured and, you know, it's not the most stressful world history class you're ever going to take. But we get our content done. And then he was like, well, actually, I think it has more to do with the fact that it's first hour. So, yeah, I understand that. I understand that. Um, had, but some of the people out, uh, our communication isn't the greatest because I don't know if they're out because of uh, sickness, if they're out because of quarantine, if they're just out because I had some students announce that they weren't coming to school on Thursday because it was cold. And I know my family that live up in South Dakota were just probably laughing at that because, um, I mean, again, the, the, these aren't elementary school students. These are high schoolers who have uh, rides with friends or their own rides. And it, it, we don't, as I pointed out, we don't have class outside. And they're like, oh, I know. I just don't want to come. I was like, all right. And I couldn't help but think, you know, two, three minutes of walking from building to building in a, you know, seven period day uh, or having seven classes that you have to make up on your own. It's like, mm, I know which one I would have picked back in the day, but, uh, you know, to each their own. So we're trucking along with that. Had a first test for world history. And, you know, surprise, surprise, the students who come to school and kind of pay attention, ask questions, participate, work on their study guide, did actually pretty good. And those who don't and didn't, didn't. So I get to have that conversation when we come back on uh, Monday, tomorrow. Um, my economics class, my new group of uh, students I've got, they're taking their first test on Tuesday. So we're going to see how that goes. And if they, you know, going to believe the old man at the front of the room when he, he, when he gives them tips on how to prepare for it, or if they're going to just wing it and try it themselves. So yeah, we'll see how that happens. Uh, what else is going on? Not, I'm just, it was just a week. Uh, we're just kind of doing our thing. I had some really good conversations. Uh, my third hour is like a, supposed to be a freshman orientation. Um, well, not supposed to be, it is a freshman orientation class, but freshman orientation was back in August. So now it's like a freshman mentorship class, but we don't really have a, um, like an advisory time to do that. So that's always been kind of an issue with us and what's going on and how we take care of that. So beside the point, um, uh, one of my co-teachers decided to have them, uh, we, we watched a video, like a, I guess a, a slam poetry video, uh, about education and, and basically has to do with like um, uh, a quote I've had in my classroom for a while about not letting your um, schooling interfere with your education. And this young man from England was talking about that. Like there's a difference. Like what, what is education and schooling? He even, even hit on one of my favorites, talked about um, David Beckham, a soccer player, and how he bends the ball in and how it looks like it's going up into the stands, but then it dips back down. And it's like that man is educated on the physics and the flight of a ball. And so it's like what does education mean? And it got a good conversation going and ultimately had them kind of come up with like their blueprint, their plan for what a good school is, should be or is. And uh, we had a couple of them presenting their ideas. And I'll be honest, 
the conversation they had after the video and kind of complaints and concerns, I agreed with it all. Um, and the uh, conversations of what their school should be afterwards, I agreed with all of that. Uh, honestly, if I had to sum it up, the, the, the solution would be school choice. And for those of you who don't understand what that means, it, it literally means let, let the parents and the students decide where their educational dollars should be spent. Because as much as we have some really great things going on at the high school where I work, uh, and it's really big, the fact that it's big doesn't mean that it works for everyone. Some people are weirded out by having over 3,200, 3,400 students on campus. Um, and while we have a lot of options for what is great and can be offered students, you know, plans and ideas for what they could do in the future, that can be overwhelming for some. And maybe maybe they would like less options and have, because they value having smaller classes or a smaller student environment in general. And who's to say that's wrong? Um, or maybe as some of our students with their suggested schools, basically it sounded like a mini college campus. It was kind of a, some of them, you know, maybe we should focus on the things that interest the students, especially for the career path that they're looking for. And then some of them, kind of talked about the fact that they hinted at uh, a more European style, like a, a French or a German school, which, you know, the first couple of years of high school are kind of a gen ed thing, and then you move towards your specialty. So if you're more of a, a, a Votech training apprenticeship type thing, then that is what you would go towards in your last years of school. If you, if you know you need to go, uh, you don't need to go to college, but you do need some on-the-job training, maybe you do some kind of like an intern program where you do some more basics at school, and then you are freed in the afternoon to go work that job and get that experience or, you know, maybe you need to go to college so you finish prepping for um, the classes you think you're going to need later on. And I agree with all of it. And and I think, it goes back to what I said earlier, I think ultimately the like umbrella solution for this is school choice. Let parents and students decide where their kids go to school. Nothing else in our society is determined by zip code. Like, I don't have to go to a grocery store assigned to me by zip code. I don't even have to, I know you say post office, but I technically don't even have to use the post office if I don't want to, even though that's literally assigned by zip code. I don't have to go to a doctor based on zip code. Um, and that's the solution. And I, it was really cool to see that. And, and it, it really is a long game because these are all juniors and seniors and they'll eventually graduate and, and, and move on to the world and maybe it'll take years to, to um, uh, make a difference. But that's something I pointed out, was it Thursday, when they were kind of discussing, talking about the video, is all their points are accurate. The thing now is, don't stop. Like, maybe some of them is just school choice and ideas or things they talk about in the future, but some of them, maybe that's what they make a career out of, trying to make this better. And I think that's what it is. And that's the problem I had to tell them. It's like, you're complicit in this. The school system doesn't change because you don't stand up as students. You don't say anything. When things go wrong in the classroom with a teacher, policy is not right with the principal. They just eventually, they have a lot of fire when they're younger, maybe freshman, sophomore year. But as they start, most of them getting to junior, senior year, it's kind of like, eh, I'm getting out of here. I'm, you know, moving on. You know, I had to deal with it. So do you and nothing changes, and it all just becomes a thing they complain about, talk about as they get older and move on, and nothing changes. And that was my challenge, and I feel like that's a challenge for all of us. Are we just complaining, or are we doing something about it? Because if you're not doing something about it, do you even really care? And I guess that's where I have to, 
kind of wrap up here and say that to myself and to you. What are you complaining about? And if you're complaining, what's your plan to do something about it? Whether it's a, a curriculum matter in your classroom, a behavior issue, um, a, a policy in general, if if you've you got enough time to complain about it, then you've got enough time to come up with a solution and do something about it. Because if not, your actions are betraying your words. So maybe a, maybe this is just my plan to reduce the amount of complaining in the world. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. Well, as always, have a day.